Fast Forward Productions. The women are speaking. I think that we should all generally maybe comment on people's bodies less because you don't know, like, what if someone just has a very disordered relationship with exercise? And so that kind of validation might make that worse for them in some way. But also it doesn't typically go both ways. Like you comment more freely on people who are in better shape and hopefully when people comment on person's body fat, that doesn't happen as often. And it's like, what if we can just be who we are and not be our bodies? You guys, we just got back from Girls Just Want a Weekend in Riviera Maya, Mexico. That's Brandy Carlisle's kind of big, gay, inclusive music festival weekend. And it was incredible. This is Meredith, by the way, in case you didn't pick up on that. So we are doing a podcast on it. We're not just going to do one episode. We are going to do two episodes because there's so much to talk about. And we left with so many feelings and so many things to say that it just wouldn't be fair to condense it down into a single podcast episode. So we're going to get into part one right now and talk about the weekend and first half of the experience and some of the cool and ridiculous things that happened. It was just the greatest weekend with the greatest people. And we can't wait to tell you all about it. So here we go. Girls just want a weekend. Look, like I'm trying to do an intro and you got to go like throw shit around. So it's in the background. It's probably not in the background. You're just, I guarantee you're you. You're really like into the way that we sound. Well, Alex, when you spend this much on a podcast setup, you should be into the way you sound because otherwise, like why not just record on our iPhones? Well, I'm sorry to break it to you, but as nice as our podcast setup is, my voice isn't going to sound great because I'm sick. I'm sick. <laughs> I can't go. I can't go. I don't feel good. There's like... That was a Mean Girls reference, Meredith. I know. We are back from Cancun, Riviera Maya, technically, which is like south south of Cancun. We were there for Girls Just Want a Weekend 5, the fifth iteration of Brandy Carlisle's tropical gay getaway. It was incredible. We're going to talk about it. Don't want to give anything away. But Alex is feeling a little under the weather. And so we are on air, live on air. Alex is taking a COVID test. And we I already did the swab. Yeah. And I'm waiting for the results. So yeah. far, when I'm looking at the readout. And so far, it's looking like it's going to be negative. I mean, I could have told unless you Unless the positive line just pops up. Which it doesn't tend to. I'm pretty sure I have strep throat. Okay. It feels like strep. And I've had strep many times in my life. I haven't been sick in a long time, though. And I'm learning that there's like the man cold, which obviously horrible. And I think then there's the Alex cold, which seems to be even worse. You're very sensitive to it, to being sick. Yeah. You don't seem to be handling it very well. Well, I mean, my throat hurts and my ears hurt. Mm -hmm. And so all I said was like, I'm not doing well. Do I need to go to the emergency? Which is always my question. Yeah. Do I need to see a doctor as fast as humanly possible? An emergency. Everything is an emergency. I need to get it done. I need to figure it out. I need to get the proper meds. Okay. And so I think I need a strep throat test. Oh, okay. Now that I know, I probably don't have COVID. But I did buy a bunch of other meds. Yeah. 
and I'm going to see if I feel better. And if anyone cares, there was like a lot of coughing coming from your side of the bed last night. So no. Yes. I maybe coughed twice. Okay. You were moving around a lot. Oh, was I? Yeah, you were. Mm -hmm. Well, anyways, so I guess. And I feel like I told you before bed, I have a lot of coughs in the bank. Yeah. Because I put up with a lot of your coughing. So I can cough twice. Hmm. But like, do you move or do who moves out of the bed eventually if it gets I actually I was thinking at one point of asking you to get out. Oh, only because you liked that downstairs bedroom. Okay. But I didn't. All right. Hmm. I got up and I took some Tylenol and some Advil. So basically it's like, you have a cough, you have to leave. And then well, no, a month no, no, later, no, it's I, like, I have a cough, you have to leave. <laughs> it's more like, hey, we're not doing well together. Mm. One of us should move. And since you are the one that sleeps downstairs the most frequently, you might as well just go there because mm-hmm. you're comfortable down there. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many times I've slept downstairs? I'm Zero I, times. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it would be a whole thing for me to adjust. Oh, okay. It always takes me one night to adjust to a new bed mm. and bedroom. Yeah. Whereas you would just, you're adjusted. I mean, that's an assumption. All right. Well, whatever. All right. Well, let's talk about the weekend. And this is going to be a two-part podcast, we decided, because there's so much to talk about that either we sit here and talk about it for two hours. And to be honest, Alex, I don't think you can hang or be vertical okay, for I two would, hours. I just want to point out real quick. Okay. I'm more sick than you right now. Yeah, I wouldn't define and myself I worked as out today sick. and you didn't. So who's handling it better now? Well, <laughs> Alex, <laughs> that can go two ways. Yeah. You started feeling a lot more sick after your 20K run. So I don't know what lesson you're trying to pass along to people. I don't feel sick energy-wise. Yep. But I feel bad from like the throat to my eyeball. Okay. To my nose. Mm-hmm. I feel that doesn't affect my legs when I run. Oh, just your breathing. Yeah. Anyways, I just feel kind of tired, like I'm jet lagged and not quite recovered. So I decided Mm -hmm. my workout was kind of a filler today. Decided to not do it. So judge away, Alex. I feel better than you. Anyways, the weekend. Stop it with the rambling, incessant. We decided to go to this weekend. I think it was back in June they started posting about it. And it's something that Obviously, the fifth iteration of it, it's happened before. I became aware of it last year. And then there's a whole thing with getting tickets. There's like tokens involved. You have to really be on it. But we were on it. Got our tokens in like June or July. Bought the tickets in August. And it's like a whole thing. You have It's all-inclusive resort. You buy like the whole and it includes the festival tickets. There's no seats. You just go. I want to point out that... We saw it on Instagram last year and it looked fun, but I was also like, well, I've never been to a festival before. Like I've never really identified as a festival person. And you're not counting the gorge? No. You see, I would actually say this is more of a gorge thing because actually, no, there was music kind of around the clock because of the pool stage and stuff. But when I think festival, I think like Newport or I think Coachella where there's just like stages going all day. This is like a... I kept calling it a concert weekend. Okay. So, but I wouldn't say that I'm somebody who does these things that you kind of like are all in, like it's an inclusive package with a group of people. Yeah. Like I don't really do that. Like, for example, if I'm doing a marathon weekend, I like to go by myself. 
I'm not somebody who goes with like the fundraising team. Yeah. I'm just not that person. Not a team. So this was a new thing for me. Big group of people. And I'm like newly into live music. Yes. Due to your interest and the fact that I'm enjoying it. Yeah. But we decided to do it. We decided to do it. I was very nervous. Yeah. You were, you kept asking like, well, what is it going to be? What is it going to be? And I'm like, Alex, I have no idea. You just go and you figure out what it's going to be. And that seemed to just really trouble you. It was. I, yeah. A long time. And when we go on vacation, we're not like, let's go somewhere new. This is my family. We like to go somewhere we've been before because we know that it's going to be good. But then how do you know there's not something better? Yeah, I know. I, I know that argument. Yeah. But then if you do something to new roll and it's the not dice. better, to roll the and you're dice. like, well, we just wasted that. When yeah. really it's just, yeah, it's risk. It's what risk do you want to take? Risk and reward. Exactly. So anyways, and to make it even more complicated, they were at a new resort this year. So I think there was like kind of a general as a community, not sure how it was going to go or how it was going to be different from last year. So anyways, what was nice about it is that from a monetary standpoint, it was paid for so long ago that it almost felt like a free vacation. You know what I mean? To a degree. To a degree. I kept wondering, how much was this again? Because I don't think you ever even told me. No, I didn't tell you. Probably for a reason. Because everyone there was like, it is pricey. I was like, it is? (laughs) You're like, I actually don't know. My wife won't tell me how much she spent on it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, in the grand scheme of like traveling to a tropical location, I don't think Riviera Maya is like the most expensive place to go. You can usually get a better deal on flights. I think it's expensive because of what it is. They kind of jack up the room prices because they know people will pay it. But you get like, look at all the concerts yeah. you get access to. Like, and it's, it, there were a lot of different activities if you wanted to be yeah. involved the whole day. Exactly. From like 8 a.m. to 1 a.m. <laughs> I know. You could just not stop. Yeah. You could just like keep doing things. Mm-hmm. It was wild. So anyways, yeah, we made a decision to go and then we got an excellent deal on front of the bus plane tickets, like the sleeper pods, which I had already convinced myself were worth getting at full price, which again, not as expensive as like flying to Europe in a pod. I was like, vacation is going to start on the plane. And you're like, hold up, hold up. No. And then literally the day after there was like a 25% sale on the pod. So we got those amazing, highly recommend that experience at least once, especially if you get a good deal on them, you can lay all the way down. You can lay all the way down. Which we did. And we decided when you look around at people in business section where they have the pods, you can tell who's new to the pods and who frequently flies in the pods. There's like a business class cast system. Yeah. There's people who are like, no, this is just how I fly all the time. And then there's people who are like, oh, you splurged. Yeah. Here's how you tell. So, okay. The people who are there frequently, they stay sitting up for the majority of the flight. Like savages. People who are newer to pods, they've splurged like us. We live a whole day. (laughs) So we, at one point, if we're not fully down with the blanket and the pillow and the (laughs) earplugs, like you have to pretend that you've lived a whole day in the pods. Even if a flight's only five and a half hours. Yep. You eat all of the food. 100%. Every time something's offered to you, you say yes. Yeah. Do I normally eat cashews? No, I don't. Did I? Yes. <laughs> yeah. The food so, was actually really good. But you do. You're like, hey, eat all the food. Delicious. Thank you so much. You look over to the guy next to you and he's like eating the salad and like a bite of the chicken and it just leaves it there. Sitting up, drinking his water, reading his book. He doesn't even have the screen on. I'm like, sir, you understand you're in a pod, right? You can look, you can lay down. You know, like maybe he doesn't know, but he does know. 
Yeah. He's just trying to be better than you. And I bet you that the flight attendants don't even ask him or her if they need help with the seat yep. controller. Because they, they've like been together before. Yeah. They probably can tell too. Mm-hmm. Like we were taking a lot of photos. <laughs> so that's a tell also. Yeah. <laughs> Aw, cute. So anyways, great experience. Wonderful flight. Loved our flight attendants. I feel like both ways I had a gay man. So already 10 out of 10. Highly recommend that. You got the lady both times. I did, which yeah. also would recommend. Yeah. So we get there. It was fine. Check-in took forever, but that seemed to be the universal experience. We got there really, really late. So like we didn't really get to see the resort. We woke up. Tropical paradise. Amazing. And we had just come from like minus 30 degrees. So it was quite the change. Well, you forgot about the bathroom story. Oh my gosh. So what we did to make sure that we entertained you listeners was write down everything that we thought was funny or interesting. And there it's chronological. And it started with Meredith's trip to the bathroom in the lounge. So we're in the lounge in the Calgary airport. And there's like two bathroom stalls and they have opaque glass doors. You can't see in them, but if someone's standing outside, you can see the shadow and they can probably also see a shadow in the bathroom. So it's kind of convenient because you can tell if it's in use or not. I feel like there are immense opportunities to fuck with people. But anyway, so I'm in and the- And someone did. <laughs> so I'm in the bathroom. The other one was taken. I go in the open stall. I'm sitting there. I'm not on my phone. I'm not doing anything like dilly-dally. Wait, how did you tell the other one was taken? Because we went in at the same time. Okay. Yeah, I've like followed someone in. They went in and the door was open. Okay. So I go in, go into the bathroom as you do. It was number one, if anyone cares. And so I'm like- I, wasn't I was in about there to very... say, were you taking a giant dump? No, because I didn't poo that day. <laughs> so I'm in there and- I'm like getting ready to get up and I see a shadow appear outside. Like somebody had walked in the bathroom. They're standing in between the two doors. And then it like comes closer to my door. And then I see, and I shit you not, someone puts their hands around their eyes and like looks into the opaque glass to see if there's anyone in there. They're touching the glass. They're touching the glass. Like when they're far away, the black blob is blurry. Yeah. (laughs) When they get closer, it becomes a lot more humanoid. Yeah. And I was like, this bitch is trying to look in here. You can tell when there's flesh touching the other side. Yeah. And I'm like, why don't you just jiggle the handle like a normal person, you fucking weirdo? (laughs) Here's the best part. So, But jiggling the handle, sometimes people don't lock, which we've talked about on the podcast. Which would you... Here's my move. If the door is closed and I do the handle, but it opens, I like crack it so i give whoever's in there an opportunity to be like oh no sorry you know i've got to lock the door because i'm a fucking idiot (laughs) so i do that that's the move if the door is open like so just do that just jiggle the handle it was locked i locked the door so anyways i come out and instead of you know like when someone's waiting on a bathroom and someone comes out you just like switch so you know oh thanks you walk in use the bathroom but i think this woman was embarrassed because she realized what she had done and then I was in there. And so instead of going into the bathroom right after I had left the stall, she's just standing in the corner. Like while I wash my hands, she's standing there as if she's like waiting on someone. And then as I go to leave the whole bathroom, she walks into the stall. I was like, that was so weird. That was such a weird experience. It was so weird. Like I almost want to be like, was that weird for you? Like, do you regret you doing should that? next time? Because <laughs> like if I were you, I would have regretted doing that. You should have just pulled a Larry David and been like, what did you just do to me? <laughs> do you even realize? Yeah. So that was how the trip started. So that was weird, but also extremely entertaining. And then 
I have on my list after that photo. I don't know what that means. There's some of the stuff on this podcast list. I was like, oh, I'm just going to like jot down notes and I'm going to remember it. And I, I, don't, I don't remember what some of this. Do you remember what that is? Photo. Why would I have written photo? I don't know. Anyways. Skip it. Skip it. Got there oh, on Wednesday. I remember the photo. Oh, you do? This is a good story. Okay. So the first day we're on the beach and we played ball in the water for like an hour. And because you should never stop playing. Never, ever. And we're no. talking like one of the skip across the water yeah, balls. Yeah, we were in there for a long time. We were like, and it becomes how far away can you get from yeah. the other person? Or like, okay, now we're diving for the ball. Now, now. I'm going to throw it as hard as I possibly can at them and see if they can catch it. And, and if they're willing to put their body in front of yeah. it. Yeah, and then also, it's tough because you have to catch the ball. But while underwater, you have to pull your bathing suit back down <laughs> from when you dove. <laughs> And yeah. then reappear fully covered again, your which bathing didn't suit, always work. <laughs> your bathing suit seemed to fall down like, so it would come down. Yeah, it did. Mine would go up. <laughs> I always had a tendency for under teat and you always had a tendency towards areola <laughs> exposed. Upper nipple. <laughs> Upper nipple. At one, point, at, one point, at one point you stood up, you had like, I didn't even know that he had really like dove that hard for one. You stood up and you were like throwing it. And I was like, Alex. Your whole nipple is out. It was just like above your bathing suit. Not that anyone cares. Or okay, like you were... let me say this. Okay. It is hard for me to find bathing suits that like work for my body. Yeah. And so I have just kept a lot of my old ones. And recently, when I was trying to accumulate bathing suits for this trip, you were like, I have ones that have been stretched out <laughs> that you can now wear. Yeah. And I was like, great. Perfect. My bathing suit options just doubled. <laughs> so now I'm wearing your old stretched out bathing suit. Accurate. You are. And the black one that you gave me was almost too stretched out even for me. Yeah. And that's why I had areola showing. Okay. No, it wasn't. It was nip. Okay. Nip. It was the whole thing. Okay. It was out. Okay. Make an eye contact with everyone in the water. So we walk out and this crowd of lesbians run up to us. There was like five or six of them laughing and asking for a photo. And this wasn't the first. So we had been there for a day. So Wednesday we got there. Thursday was like our first full day there. And as you'd expect, there's a lot of people in that community who know who we are. Yeah. And so people were introducing themselves to us, which was amazing. Like we always love that. And I think I had posted like, hey, we're at Girls Just Wanna like make sure you're, if you're there, you can find us. So people were doing that. And we were chatting with people in our community, which I loved. And then so they're saying like, can we get a photo with you? And so of course, cause we're been asked several times and have no trouble with that. We were like, of course, as if we th thought that they knew who we were. Which was like the obvious assumption at that point. Yeah. Turns out they didn't know who we were at all. They just wanted a picture with us cause we were fit. And there was, I guess, some joke that every year they come to this and they say they're gonna get really fit before girls just wanna, and then they never do. And one of them had, shorter brown hair and then the other one had blonde hair like me and I think they just thought that we were like their fit doppelgangers and that was just like the funniest thing ever and then we walked away and I'm like did they know who we were no and Meredith was like no well all I was thinking about was they didn't know who we were which is fine I, I don't expect everyone to know who we are but what was I thought even weirder was like how weird they must have thought it was when they asked oh can we get a picture and I was like yeah of course like what kind of egotistical asshole responds in that way? I was like, ah, yeah. oh, I hate that. But it really was, you know, no weirder than asking to take a photo of people who have, you know, muscles. Yeah. But which yeah. was a rarity. Yeah. But we'll talk about that later. So the first day was great. Weather was great. I avoided getting a sunburn, which is always my goal on the first day out in the sun because I don't tan super readily. 
I'm like, Alex, you got a pretty good tan the first yeah, day. I did. And then it got kind of cloudy the last couple of days. Yeah. But that was good for me. Not so good for you. So anyways, the first concert day was Allison Russell and then Brandy Carlisle played a set. And I thought Allison was great. I'm not going to lie. I haven't been the biggest fan of hers. And it's not because I don't like her music. I just find her like her stage presence is a little over the top. But I feel like she really is kind of like coming into her own there. Yeah. She seemed more comfortable. Yeah. It was like more like, okay, she's figured it out. Yeah. And also just a phenomenal musician. Yeah. And at one point, the crowd broke out in O Canada because she's Canadian. Yeah, it was really good. And so I can't remember if it was during Allison's set or after Brandy had come out, was playing her set. But I had gone to the bathroom because for some reason, this whole weekend, I just had like the most overactive bladder. So I was just like constantly going to the bathroom. I probably went to the bathroom like three or four times each evening. So I'm coming back and we had gotten there early-ish so that we could be kind of close to the stage for Brandy's set because I like being close up. And the later it got, the more... Kind of close is an understatement. Yeah, we, we were, were like, like third, third row. But it just gets really tight because everyone starts pushing towards the stage. So this was Brandy's set. Yeah, and we now. were... We had like made friends with everyone around us. And you it was like these... if somebody wanted to go to the bathroom, like the group would like save the standing spot. Yeah. So that people wouldn't push up. Like it was a whole thing. Yeah. And yeah. like if someone left to go to the bathroom, they'd be like, I'm leaving. Like, does anyone have any garbage? Any garbage? Does anybody need anything? Just like, yeah, you make your own little family in the yeah. crowd. It was awesome. And then you would see that like people the next day and be like, hey, we were with as if you're like old pals. Yeah, we met some awesome people out there on the first night. We were very close to this woman. Who I guess was there for her 50th birthday and had brought both of her daughters. She was lovely. So anyways, yeah, I had gone to the bathroom during Brandy's set and I was coming back and it had gotten really tight because people were just pushing towards the stage. And I felt like kind of a jerk because I was like weaving my way back up to the front. And, you know, people are nice about it. But at the same time, you can kind of tell like they're thinking, like, where is she going? Kind of yeah. thing. So at one point I stopped and partially because I was being serious, but also I wanted to let people know that I wasn't just being an asshole. I was like, now, where's my wife? <laughs> you know? So that people are, oh, she's trying to find her wife. Yeah. There's someone, she belongs to someone. And someone was like, well, what does she look like? And I was like, well, she, she's five, five, six, short brown hair, wearing a black tank top. And I was like, I had just described. Which is like 50% 50 of the people of the, there. Yeah, exactly. So people were really tickled by that. I was looking around and I legit saw someone. And then I, I said, had you said she's very beautiful, they would have been like, oh, she's up there. Oh, I saw someone who from the side kind of, it was like your height, kind of your stature, brown hair. I was like, oh, there she is. And I was like, oh, never mind. That's actually not her. So at one point, I just ended up yelling your name, like Alex Parker. And then Sarah, one of the girls that we had met, who's like one of our, in our community was like, she's over there. Like she had spotted you. So anyways, I got connected, but I just thought that was really funny. Well, she's five foot six, short brown hair. She's basically your quintessential mid thirties lesbian. <laughs> so is she wearing makeup? No, she is not. Does she have anything on her tank top? No. Any had distinguishing you said, features? Had you said she's one of the muscles, because that's what we were referred to apparently on the resort, Eventually. then they would have known. But yeah. I think it was too early in the trip for that. 100%. Brandy said it was really good. Very random. She said it was going to be random. They just She just kind of played a bunch of her old stuff, her new stuff, a bunch of more covers than I've heard her play. She did a cover of Radiohead's Creep in the middle of the song. And I kind of thought it was like orchestrated, like planned. She puts her hand up and was like, pause. Pause. Stop. Well, first it was either Tim or Phil noticed. Oh, and I was like trying that. to get yeah. everyone's attention. Yeah. And I was like, what's going on? Yeah. She stopped. They stopped in the middle of the song and 
essentially she was like, we need a doctor. And someone in the crowd had like fainted, passed out from the heat, from the heat and the alcohol, yeah. or dehydration. I don't know. So anyways, this woman up towards the front was like, I'm a doctor. I just started like <laughs> running across the crowd and we'll get back to her later. Yeah. Remember that. Remember that part of the story that I'm a doctor. So they cart this person off. Yeah. It seemed to me like heat stroke slash alcohol yeah. when they walked by with a bunch of security. There was like 10 security. Yeah. But they took care of that person and it was safe. And like, you know, Brandy is like, you know, we got to take care of each other. Like they're going to be okay. Let's get on with the show. Yeah. And then like, they were like right back into Radiohead. It was, it was pretty great. awesome. That was amazing. Yeah. That it was like, all right, up. like one, two, three. And then right where they left Summer off. Cream. Yeah. Yeah. Super and then good. I was asking Meredith, like, cause I'm not that familiar with the way music works, but I was like, is that something that would happen at another venue? Like, it's, it's like 5,000 people. It's a pretty small venue. Yeah. It was surprising to me that it had been stopped. The mu whole music stopped completely. And you said no. And I'm not surprised by that. Like it, it was very, we were all like taking care of one another. Mm -hmm. And like we were in line for t-shirts at one point and we had forgotten our credit card. Yeah. And so I was like, did you bring the credit card? And you were like, no, shoot. And then I'm like, well, we probably have time if you want to go run and grab it. And that's what I did. While you were gone, the two people behind us and then the person in front of both were like, oh, if she doesn't make it back in time, don't worry, I got you. Just fit like, I just that wouldn't happen in the real world. That was one of the first things I noticed there. And to an extent, it kind of happened at the gorge, but not quite like this. Like what I noticed immediately was how ready and willing everyone was there to just like talk to one another and that like people wanted to. It's like, hey, where are you from? Have you been here before? And like just wanted to get to know you. And it was all ages, all kinds of people. Like we connected with younger people and talked to them, like people around our age. We were talking to older women and there was just like a genuine interest. And again, I think we'll talk about this a little bit later, probably in part two, but that was the most immediate thing that I noticed and the most tangible thing. And like the feeling that I will take away from the weekend was how like it was immediately you're in a community and you may not have a single thing in common with these people other than that you're, you know, in the queer space and you like Brandy Carlisle, but from those two things, you form an immediate bond. Yeah. And we've talked about being gay and how that connects people and uh, we'll talk about it more, but yeah, that was, I loved it. It was yeah. right away. I mean, we were talking to this woman on the pool, like the second day who like, she's older, probably late fifties, not super fit. She's like a, a transplant nurse administrator from wherever LA or Seattle. And we were just like, we just sat there and talked with her for like 30 minutes and hung out with her all day. Yeah. She was there by herself. And like, yeah. that's fine. There were so many people who were there by themselves and like, that was fine for them because they know as soon as they get there, they have people. Yeah. It's awesome. Anyways. So the woman who we were hanging out with in the crowd, who was there for her 50th birthday with her daughters, I guess one was a little bit older, but I had this realization because we were talking to her and I guess her daughters didn't know Brandy as well, or certainly not Allison. And I just had this realization, like, I was like, we are as close in age to this woman as we are her daughters, potentially closer. So it's kind of like I hate because I definitely relate more to like the, the older, more mature, yeah. especially now with like the way that, I don't know, being in college and high school is yeah. just like, I mean, I don't feel like I ever related to people in like high school. I've always been like a pretty serious person. Yeah. I think sometimes 
people might be surprised and probably with you too, but certainly like, I think people are sometimes surprised like how serious I am and you are. Mm -hmm. It's not like we're not outgoing or lighthearted sometimes, but like pretty serious. Yeah. Will shush people to hear Sarah McLachlan play Angel and all of her other songs. Literally shut the hell up. Okay. So this is probably my highlight of the weekend. Well, maybe not. So when Brandy plays her sets, she will throw picks out periodically. She throws a lot of picks out. She does. And there was one that landed like right near us. And we were all looking for it on the ground. Some people had like flashlights and like no one really knew who had found it. And I guess then I saw the girl who was kind of in our little community. like One of the daughters. And she had, no, she wasn't a daughter. I don't know. She was just there with her friends, I thought. Anyway, I don't know who belonged to who, but she was at one point like crying. And you were like, oh my God. I'm so glad it went to someone who's so happy to have that pig. She's I, crying. Yeah. I was like, wow, good for her. Like, and then it turns out that the pick <laughs> hit her in the eye, <laughs> in the eyeball, in the eyeball. And she was crying and her eye was watering and people were like looking at her eye to see if it was okay. Yeah. And she ended up, someone went and got her eventually a rubber glove filled with ice cubes. Yeah. And water. And that was hilarious. She held it against her face. She like looked, it was kind of funny because we were right behind and we saw the interaction of like the woman who I don't think knew this girl bringing her this ice pack that was a rubber glove. And then the girl just looking at it being like, can't be serious. And then they kind of laughed about it. Yeah. So we were like, I was laughing about them laughing. It was well, it she was, laughed about it and then she held it to her face yeah, for the rest of the concert. Yeah. I think it was somebody who had like maybe a couple rows down. Was it the doctor? Maybe the doctor had it. It was really funny. I mean, like not that you want to laugh at someone getting hurt or getting a pick in the eyeball, but like, what are the odds? She had to be looking away. Like there's no way, even a pick, like if something is coming at your eyeball, you have a reflex to like close I don't know. your You eye. can't see a pick flying at you. That's right. It's uh, a yeah. tiny like... It was probably flying like... It's like a mini Frisbee. It's horizontal. Do you think it stays horizontal? I feel like it might like flip to be Mm. perpendicular to the ground. Yeah. And then it's just like it becomes a small weapon. It's like a ninja star. It's like a throwing star. (laughs) Yeah. But like literally, like statistically, what are the odds? I know. That a pick makes contact, (laughs) direct contact with an eyeball. Of all the things that it can hit. It's like one in a million. Apparently, I read this Instagram post where this girl who is a very elite runner, a USA runner, she yeah. did very well in Boston this year. I can't remember. Emma something? Emma Bates? Oh, yeah. She has a story where she learned once the hard way to be very careful about where you throw like used gels. Okay. Because I guess she threw it like into the crowd and it hit a kid like in the eye or something. No way. Yeah. So she was super embarrassed about that. But I'm yeah. like, somebody needs to tell Brandy so Brandy can give the girl a pick as a... I know. I mean, not like Brandy needs to apologize, but no. like a sorry that happened. Yeah, here's a pick. Don't put it in your eyeball, please. At one point in the pool, because she was doing a set at the pool, Brandy Oki, and she was like, I don't know if I should be throwing picks out there. I don't want someone to drown. Which like actually valid concern. Yeah. Very valid. Yeah. Especially with all the floaties. Like imagine someone goes down to get a pick and then like the pool floats just kind of come together. <laughs> like basically you're diving under ice. Yeah. And now you can't get up. It was very crowded. So like I wouldn't floaties. be surprised. I was like, this feels and like, you know, I was a lifeguard. I have some experience, but like 
you know, with a certain number of people in the pool, you put a second or third lifeguard on it. Yeah. They had the one guy who sat up in his little hut and I'm like, bro, there is like 1500 people in yeah, this pool. Yeah, and there's right a now. lot of alcohol and a lot of floaties. And I'm just saying, may want to get a second lifeguard. Yeah. But like, what's he going to do? He's like, I don't know. I was keeping an eye out. Were you? Were you? <laughs> yeah. So anyways, that was kind of funny. And uh, I'm glad you're okay. Kind of way. I saw her the next day and I like looked at her eye and I was like, ah, her eye looks all right. Okay. That's good. Yeah. So anyways, we got in a fight every day. <laughs> every single day. I would say it was more of a tiff, except for the last night. <laughs> I started calling it the daily discharge. Yeah. Not in a good way. Not in a good way. I think the first day I had forgotten to take my medication and I got ticked because there was a man in the squat rack. And number one, we had gotten there and I wanted to like to the gym to do our morning workout and get out of the way. And I was like, I want to lift. And you're like, well, I want to run and then lift with you. And I was like, I usually lift first. So I was like, fine, I'll just do the bike. And when you're done with your run, we'll go over there and lift. And then I was mad at myself because I was like, I should have just done what I wanted to do. And now there's this dum-dum in the squat rack doing dum-dum things he wasn't a dum-dum you don't know that but he was doing dumb he was dumb doing dumb-dumb things. Dumb things and i here's the thing i used to be like this i used to be judgmental of what people did in gyms i'm not judgmental anymore do what you want i'm glad you're here and you're moving your body yeah we'll touch on this later i just think people are wasting their time and that's unfortunate for them 100 this guy was definitely wasting time but I'm also like you and could he was taking up the one squat rack which was frustrating be doing what you're doing not in yeah, a squat rack. 100%. You could put that bar on the ground or he use He was doing dumbbells. shoulder press that wasn't even heavy. No. I'm and like, so I'm like, you're now taking... Yeah, you Just can, clean the bar. Yeah. Especially if you have someone lurking, i.e. me, not yeah. looking super happy about having to lurk. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways. But so, you like, you couldn't get over that. I know. I just... I And again, like, I don't often like skip taking that medication now. And I forgot. <clears throat> I definitely raged and did not handle my feelings very well. And I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. And then we got into more of an argument because you didn't bring the passports, even though I said, do we need the passports? And then I <laughs> we were like in front of people. And at one point I'm like, see, I told you we needed the passports. And you're like, well, don't get mad at me or I something. I said, How well, was I supposed yeah. to know? And we were like right in front of people, <laughs> like in the line. And then we got really embarrassed about that because we were just, you know, it's like very like childish. And then we were mad at each other for embarrassing each other. Yeah. People. I'm like, whatever. I mean, like, yeah, it's not something you want to be doing all the time. But like, I'm sure people are like, oh, yeah, that used to be us or that's happened to us. Yeah. So anyways. But mostly the daily discharges were over dumb shit. Yeah. I it think was, part of it was that we were so tired. Very tired. Underslept because we were getting max like six hours of sleep. It was not pleasant pleasant i'm an eight to nine hour person i can maybe do like six or seven one night and yep. be okay but it was every night we'd get to bed at like one yeah and we weren't really eating we weren't eating a lot that's for sure the first day we didn't eat well because we basically missed all of our meals we had the meal on the flight and then it took so long to get from the airport to the resort that like we got there and the restaurants had started to close we barely made it in for dinner and that was super late anyways so we didn't eat a ton but we, we miss an entire meal. And then the next morning, we went to a workout, basically fasted because there was no food. Yeah. And then we, well, we didn't want to do breakfast, the whole thing, buffet. Then we were going to go to the buffet after, but then needed to get our credentials for the weekend. And then that ended up taking forever. So then we missed breakfast. So and then, then lunch breakfast. wasn't very big. It was a whole thing. So anyways, we barely ate. Yeah. And then 
we're standing for like six to seven hours yep. for the concert, going to bed at one, getting My, up again at seven. I don't understand two things. The first day I was fine at like when we finally did eat, I was like, oh, I was like lean protein. There's like some shrimp ceviche. So I got this like shrimp going. So I was like, at least it's lean. And then like about halfway through eating the shrimp, I was like, I shouldn't be eating the shrimp. So I stopped eating the shrimp. And that was the only time I felt later in the day, like some actual, there was some, there was a battle going on in my stomach. I ended up winning. There was no GI issues, but I was like, something's funny. And I think it's the shrimp. So anyways, the concert, like you literally are standing for like six hours and my back. And I know you were the same. It was my feet. And like my literal back, like my back muscles. It was like, it was a sore back at one point And I just have tight hips from running. I was getting like shots of pain. Yeah. Like in the front of my hips, through my back. And I'm like, am I doing damage? I know. Is my back, like, is there something wrong with it? And I'm looking around at these people who, and I'm just going to say, it, don't work out. Yeah. It was clear by the way that their bodies were, but also based on who was even in the gym. And I know people take, vacation but like also some people told us they didn't and i'm not saying everyone didn't but it was just like it was a less fit crowd yeah and i'm like how are they doing okay Mm -hmm. how are they okay so i'm like am i just more sore because i have more muscle mass to be sore but then i'm like no 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 because at least like i should theoretically have an easier time i realized it was everybody everybody was messed up even like some people didn't go to janelle monet because they were so jacked up the crowd was much smaller for that night Possibly because they weren't as familiar with the artist on that night, but also because they needed a rest. Yeah. And the other thing I realized, aside from just being in so much pain from standing, I don't know how people stand with their arms just at their side. This is something that we noticed. Like, I start to feel like my arms are really heavy specifically, and I have to hold them. So either I like I cross my arms and you cross your arms, or I found specifically for me, kind of like putting them behind my back and like perching them. Even like pockets, my, they're still hanging too much. I know, because I tried pockets. They have to be up and like perched. I'm like a, I do the crossed arm, but then one time I was just kind of like crossed arm. It was in between sets and somebody saw me and was trying to get my attention to tell me to like be happy. <laughs> like, know, first of is... all, mind your own business. Yeah. And second of all, this is what's comfortable. Yeah. Like I don't need to be smiling 100% of the time. Like this is my neutral face and it's comfortable to cross my arms. Yeah. So how about you fuck off? <laughs> but it was not the right community for that. No, you, yeah. You so wouldn't. I did a, a little smile and then rolled my eyes and ignored her. Yeah. And but the arm thing, like how people just stand there with their arms down. This is a new thing for me. Anyways, day two, day two, day three, day Friday, we went to boot camp, we got up early. Two things. The stretching was actually super helpful and boot camp workouts are really hard. And that's what I'll say about that. <laughs> no, it wasn't that hard. There was no. just the one squat movement. Yeah. That was, was like, hard. I'm just like, I haven't had enough to eat for this. My legs are not okay. And I think when you're like doing proper squats, you're just like, this is really, really painful. I made the biggest fool of myself after the boot camp. We were, I think, heading to the pool. And there were two instructors well, first, there. Meredith wanted to get a photo with the instructors after boot camp. Yeah. And to back up, the instructors for boot camp, it was boot camp with the Brits. And they were childhood friends of Catherine Carlisle, Brandy's wife, who's famous in her own way because she gets on stage <laughs> with Brandy and like 
they're a cute couple and she she runs the foundation yeah, runs the foundation and stuff but we also have rapport with Catherine, not personal like face-to-face rapport but you email her for our donation stuff right. so meredith wanted to go and get a photo with the brits i did and i was yeah. like why and she was like because you know for like instagram and maybe they'll post us and then we can post them and i was like we're not here for business can we just not uh, i'm yeah. not that person i don't like doing the photos yeah and you were like okay fine and we'll I was like, okay, hey, how did that happen? I got her to agree to something. Yeah. So anyways, I feel like I've won something. Just like not the hill I want to die on. Well, apparently it was. Well, <laughs> look, I don't know what so we're doing. So maybe like two to three hours later. We're going to the pool or the beach. And we're just standing around, I think, watching the basketball thing happen before we walk over. And I hear a British voice, very distinct, behind me. And I was like, that's one of the trainers. That's one of them. This is my opportunity. Just to like say hi and get a picture because like sharing is caring. And so I waited for her to finish her conversation with one of Brandy's grips, who I also wanted to say hi to, but I didn't. I refrained. And I introduced myself and said, I was at your boot camp. It was really great. I was like, we took a photo. I want to make sure I tag you. Will you tell me what your handle is? And then I said these words. And I almost melted. I wasn't even standing near you. I was standing (laughs) behind you. And I think I took two steps back after this. Yeah. I said, we're kind of a big deal on the internet. And the way that was supposed to go was it was supposed to graduate into a funny joke. And that didn't happen. I think just I sounded like a complete and utter douchebag. You did. I can confirm that. It was mortifying. (laughs) I don't like being embarrassed. Yeah. And unfortunately for me, before you said that line, you said, and this is my wife, Alex. But at this point, you yeah. were somehow already like 25 feet away from me. <laughs> Stepping back at a very like, rapid excuse pace. Excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. You're my wife. Anyways, I don't think she took it that way, but I. She was very nice. Yeah. So she was kind of like, <laughs> so what do you have, like 2 million followers? And then you were like, <laughs> um, 200,000. <laughs> I mean, like we have a K and like two. Anyways. So I looked her up, added her, fine, whatever. And I was like, fuck, she was, was so nice bad. about she it. Was. So then that almost started our daily discharge, but it didn't. It was something else that day. I can't remember what it was. Go to the pool, whatever. You were like, it was just, that, I was like, Meredith, that was not cool. If you do that again, I'm going to divorce you, which actually I was like, I completely understand <laughs> that I would divorce me too. That was, that was a swing and a miss. And you know, what was worse was how many followers that she had. 757. I was like, God. Damn it. I am an asshole. Yeah. Well, at first I was like, well, how many followers does she have? And you're like, I don't know. I didn't get the chance to look when I was looking her up. But I did look and I was like, oh, God. Oh, my God. I am the worst human being. It just like it was supposed to go somewhere and it didn't. So I felt just horrible, like the worst person. And the next morning or two mornings, one of the mornings that followed, I don't know, I lost track. The other Brit was in there. So she came into the gym, the gym gym. And I was like, oh, this is my chance. So I walk up to her and I introduce myself and I say, I did your boot camp the other day and it was really great. I wanted to introduce myself, but I said the douchiest thing to your partner. And I just need to apologize for that. I just feel like awful. And she was like, oh no, what, what did you say? And then I, so I tell her the story. She's like, oh no, she came up to me after and said that she met someone you know, who runs a big fitness and nutrition page, but she didn't mention like you were an asshole at all. So I was like, oh, thank goodness. Her name's Laura Reese, by the way. 
She was great. We sat there and chatted forever because she just started doing kind of CrossFit style training with her personal trainer. So we were talking about handstand walking and handstand pushups and Olympic lifting and pull-ups and all this stuff. And her daughter's a gymnast. And she's like, she just makes it look so easy, but it's like, you know, it's really hard. And so we were just sitting there chatting about training and stuff and, you know, what we do. And we really kind of hit it off with her. So I felt good that I got to redeem it and also make a friend. Yeah, we did make a friend. I know. So now if we ever go to the the, UK, to the UK, yeah, we have a place to stay. She says we can sleep on a mattress in her barn gym. I know. And she lives in London. I think it was a basement gym. Her gym gym that she does training out of is like a barn barn. okay, with a hanger and stuff. But she was awesome. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And yeah, we ran into her a few times. Yeah. Apparently she got her PT certification a little later in life, but just like loves, loves fitness and just exudes that. It's really cool when you can connect... I mean, we weren't there for work, but of course, like what you do for a lot of your days kind of comes up and what you're passionate about. And it was nice to connect with people who feel the same way about coaching other people, especially certain categories of people like older women yeah. and strength and nutrition and empowering them to like move more and lift more weights. And yeah. like, it was just great to kind of, yeah, connect with that. It's like, you know, I love when like, you know, one of my clients gets a box jump and we were like, I know, yeah. right? Like, it's just such a great feeling as a coach to empower women in that yeah. way to lift and, and learn new things. And I was telling her about my mom who got her first pull up on her 60th birthday and she was like, oh, that's so cool. And yeah, yeah, it's cool. It was cool to connect with her. Yeah. Okay. But on the fitness topic, this is like a hard one for me. And maybe this is kind of one of the last things that there's a couple more stories that are related to this. This will be the last topic of the podcast today, but I felt weird because I identify as an athlete. And I think like my main identity is being an athlete. And then with that, being a coach, being like a running coach, being a nutrition coach, owning tactic. My secondary identity is being gay. And I can connect with people on that. And I have connected on a very deep level ever since I came out with people who are gay. And I felt comfortable with that crowd for a lot of reasons. And some are hard to describe. But this was really a weird feeling for me because I felt included in the group and like felt like the community was inclusive and safe. But I also felt very like somewhat insecure and self-aware more than I usually am because of the way that I looked. And for some reason, and maybe it's because I don't spend a ton of time in my bathing suit in gen pop, I felt even like more, I just don't want to sound like cocky in any way here. The fact is like, I'm very muscular, I'm very lean and I'm a female, which I think is even more rare than like maybe seeing a male who's like us and you too. But my personal experience was like, I was just like very self-aware of that fact. I think you are aware that people are just looking at you pretty much nonstop. You look like, and I look like someone who really enjoys, really enjoys working out and like that you wear that. And it's not like to look better. It's not about that. It's just like you look how you look because of what you do. And And when I say people were looking at us, this wasn't imaginary. No. Like we were later on referred to as the muscles. Like, oh, the we, muscles. We like walked up into the front of the crowd. I think it was the third day or the third night. Yeah. We kind of moseyed our way up to the front in between sets. 
And there were some drunk people and they looked at us and they were like, oh, you guys, the muscles, <laughs> like as if we were well known. Yeah. One girl was like, I keep seeing you guys around. It's super weird. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure we're seeing everyone around because yeah. it's a pretty small area and we're just maybe a little bit more recognizable. Yeah. But then I was in the pool at one point by myself and you were on the edge of the pool. Were you peeing? No, I wasn't peeing in the pool. <laughs> I was floating around in my floaty and I could overhear a group of women discussing you and your body. Oh, yeah. When you were on the pool edge standing or putting sunscreen on or talking to someone, they were talking about like, you know, and it wasn't like, oh, wow, look at her. It was like, oh, yeah, like, look at her, like, look at her drinking her water. Like, that's not someone who just works out like she's like really like as if like, oh, she spends all of her time in the gym. And I say this to clients sometimes who make judgmental comments about what they're eating or when someone says, well, why aren't you drinking? Like, oh, you're super healthy, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But sometimes that's a defense mechanism to make themselves feel better because mm -hmm. when they see someone with a healthy lifestyle, it puts a mirror up in front of them. It exaggerates their unhealthy lifestyle, yeah. which maybe they aren't as happy about or they're trying to justify it or whatever it may be. Yeah. And maybe that's what they were doing or maybe they really just didn't like your body. And it was a topic of conversation. <laughs> in hindsight, I kind of wish like, oh, yeah, she does work out a lot, but only like a couple hours a day. And like, you know, we have a lot of other things in life. And she's also really fucking smart. Yeah. Just in case you're, also, you want to go ahead and if make you're going to refer to her as the muscle, <laughs> you should probably say the brains. Yeah. I, I like <laughs> prefer the, the, brains. the brains. But anyways, I just, I didn't even like walking around in my bathing suit. Oh yeah. It felt uncomfortable. And unfortunately for me, and this is something I'm working on when I started CrossFit and partially it's genetics but partially how it interested and how much I loved it that I gained muscle fairly quickly. Plus I have a history with strength training. I was always a little bit insecure and I've always not liked attracting a bunch of attention. So I would never wear tank tops when I went out to like a regular dinner at a restaurant without my community of people because I didn't like the comments or the people looking. And I felt like I had kind of slipped back into that. The I think over the it, years yeah. I've just been like, oh, whatever, I have big arms. Like I'm proud of them. Mm -hmm. And then maybe this time I wasn't. It was more like, oh, I just, I wish I could just be a person, you know, without someone commenting. Yeah. Which a lot of people did. It was pretty constant. It was, yeah, I would say. It, and it not was, all negative. But no, it was no. just like. <sighs> I had someone not? come up and ask if she could give me a compliment. I was like, I don't think I've ever had that happen before. That felt nice. Yeah, that is nice. Yeah. That you would ask. But yeah, I mean, I think that you deal with it in a different way than I do. I'm more just like, ah, oh, fuck it. Yeah. You know, like. I'd be like, hey, can you go get me this? Yeah, I'm like, all right. Yeah, I just like, whatever. Like, I just am who I am. And At one point, like after the two sunny days, I had like my tan on my stomach was very uneven because I had really been hunching. <laughs> yeah. And like I had my legs up a lot, like when I was sitting in the chair. Yeah. That like the way that my stomach kind of folds over itself. It looked like someone had spray painted abs <laughs> on you. But they were actually I had, like two <laughs> lines where like the stomach creases happen. Yep. And I was like, okay, that's not me. Like I wasn't standing. Yeah. And I'd never, I don't think I ever really stood up in my bathing suit. Yeah. And when I did, I would put on like a big t-shirt because uh -huh. that was what I was kind of wearing around. And then we met someone and they were like, well, let's all take a photo. Like it was somebody else who worked out. Yeah. And then they were like, let's take a photo. And at, at that point I had put on this big gray t-shirt with a giant cat with sunglasses on it. Yeah. So I was in the photo with that t-shirt on. Yeah. And then after the photo, I was like, how'd my abs look? 
which is um, funny. But yeah, that was it. definitely like a weird experience. Not something I haven't experienced, but it was definitely like next level yeah. due to the environment. It's been a while. Mm -hmm. I think the peak of that experience was when we were walking back from the beach. I think we had maybe gone in the ocean to pee because the bathroom line was really long. And the one of the videographers for the weekend saw us walking and was like, oh, we just walk over this bridge together, like holding hands. And I was like, oh, okay. I don't know what they're going to do with that video or if it will ever get used. I'm like, I feel like I, we looked really serious. <laughs> yeah, like probably. Maybe we should have looked less serious. But yeah, I don't know. You do notice, I think. I think that we should all generally maybe comment on people's bodies less because you don't know, like, what if one of us, you know, or someone just has a very disordered relationship with exercise. And so that kind of validation might, you know, make that worse for them in some way. But also it doesn't typically go both ways. Like you comment more freely on people who are in better shape. And, you know, hopefully when people comment on, you know, a person's body fat, it's just that doesn't happen as often. And it's like, what if we can just be who we are and not be our bodies? I don't know. Yeah. I think I struggled because I know that a lot of people would like to have my body. I know this. Yeah. And I don't want to be like, you know, saying something where someone's like, oh my gosh, like woo her, you guys, you know, but I think it does go to show like those comments can impact everybody. Yeah. When your ability to enjoy the weekend was impacted. And even, I didn't even know if I wanted to bring this up on the podcast for that reason. Yeah. But I think my feelings are still valid. I mean, of course they are. Yeah. Of course. I wish I could just walk around and not care, but there's part of it too is like, you know, I don't know. I shouldn't care what people think, but after hearing what those people were saying, like, oh, look at her drinking her water. I'm like, why do I have to feel bad about my lifestyle? Also, yeah, so what I'm, I'm, I don't get like, like shit what hammered if I in spend five hours in the gym? Why does that impact anybody? Yeah, it shouldn't. It doesn't matter. But I'm worried about what they think of me. Mm -hmm. You know, like I feel like saying like, oh, no, I actually like have a real job and I make, you know, money and I, yeah, I have a career this, and like I have no. a partner and like I have a very well balanced life a lot more balanced than I used to have but for some reason I didn't want people thinking that I just like lived in the gym which I'm like who cares if you do I know a lot of people who do that and love their life I saw this commencement speech one time I think it was Northwestern and I love this quote I saw it again recently which is why it's on the top of my mind but it was human beings when we're exposed to something that is different than us it's just different whatever it is not our experience new we are biologically wired to react with either fear or judgment. That's the biological mechanism. That's what keeps us alive. It triggers fight or flight. And I think in modern society, it comes out as judgment a lot of the times. It requires someone to be in an evolved state to practice empathy, understanding, compassion, and accept that they don't know everything about a person or a situation. And therefore, it's not for them to judge it. But I think that most people fail to live in that evolved state. They make judgments. They pass judgments. A lot of times it's out of fear. A lot of times it's out of shame. They can't evolve to a place where they can go, that's different than me, and leave it. Yeah. And not have a reaction to it. The further you are from a person's experience or situation, the more work it takes to have empathy, the more that takes. People just aren't willing to do the work. And that's not to pass a judgment on that person. I can't go so far as to say they're not an empathetic person, but I can go so far as to say they fell into a primal state of judgment. Yeah, when they maybe could have evolved into a state of like even just non-reaction. You can just not have an opinion on something. Mm -hmm. So 
Yeah, there was one person who came up to us who follows us. Do you remember that person? Yeah. What did she say? You probably remember the words a little bit better than me. Well, which the one who had recently gone through a divorce? No, the one who was working out in a, it's like she used the word fat body. Oh, yeah. She'd come up to us and just said that she really appreciated the time and effort and energy and care that we took into our messaging because she is in a fat body and she's learning how to work out in it and appreciate it instead of trying to just shrink it. And that pages like ours, voices like ours make that easier and more approachable. And like she feels more empowered to get into the gym than she ever has. Yeah. Than she ever has by like just wanting to change her body. Yeah. And I love that for just her. I love that for her. But I also love that she can use the word like fat in almost like a non-negative way. I had that happen a second time on the final night when I went over to the silent auction, the charity booth to try to just see what was going on there. And one of the organizers or the organizer was asking and like talking to me and, you know, asking about what we do. And so I was explaining to her that we have shifted and we work with a lot of people who are in larger bodies and, you know, have a challenging relationship with food, fitness and their bodies. And so we work in a much different way than we used to work with people. Less than like just, you know, people who compete in CrossFit. Right. Less performance nutrition. And she used the same language. She's like, you know, I'm in a fat body and it has taken me years to figure out how to accept who I am and treat my body well because I love it and I love myself and not treat it like shit because I want it to be something else. Like I struggle using the word fat. You know, I say large bodied, I say people in large bodies, but like to hear someone talk without judgment or emotion and use that language, that's amazing. Yeah. It was refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. I just, it was a whole thing for me all weekend. Yeah, I, I really, know. I just, I, I couldn't wrap my head around it. We met these two girls one of them was asking about your hair routine the night before. And then we ran into them mm. on the beach and they looked fit. Like they were maybe like soccer players or something, mm -hmm. whatever. Clearly like were fit enough, like healthy looking. Not that other people weren't just, they kind of were more than maybe some of the other people I noticed. And they said, we're going to have to get your workout routine. And you were like, oh, well, actually, yeah, we have a business. Yeah. And they were like, oh, okay, that fits. But I'm like, might as well use it to our advantage. Yeah. At one point I was like, might as well. But surprisingly enough, there was somebody who followed us on Instagram. And then she introduced us to somebody who was very interesting. And as a result of maybe being able to connect on the fact that we were both valued health and fitness. Mm. And turns out she was a burlesque performer. Yeah. And a dom. Yeah. And so basically, I ended up talking to her and you were talking to the other woman. Yeah. And I was like, Meredith, you got to get over here and talk to this woman because we were talking about burlesque and then talking about the music and stuff like yeah. that. It was the night before Janelle Monet, and she was telling me how Janelle Monet is like non-binary. And so wouldn't it be they? Well, no, she goes by she, they. OK, yep. So I said, oh, I didn't know that. I don't know much about Janelle Monet. And this woman was saying that they had met her. And anyway, then at some point, I think she asked about what I did. Or she just like basically said, I'm a dom. Like BDSM dom. And I was like, oh, tell me more. Yeah. That's all I said. Yeah. She's like, well, she said so much. And I do kind of want to have her on the podcast. We'll have to, yeah, we'll see if you can connect. Because she was getting recognized. Apparently, too. she is also a big deal on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Which isn't surprising. No. She's very open, which and I loved like, also. Extremely attractive. Absolutely. And I don't think that there should be shame around this, but I think historically there is shame around certain jobs that people do. Absolutely no shame, which I was like, this yeah. is incredible. Especially I love like this. Sex workers. Yeah. yeah. And she said straight up, like a lot of people's problems come from shame. Yeah. And I said, 
Yeah, that's exactly what we deal with too. Like sometimes nutrition coaching isn't even telling people like what to eat or what not to eat. It's just giving them permission to eat what they want. And that can be the thing. And she said, 100%, a lot of my like Dom work is removing shame. It's stripping shame. It's allowing people to be who they want to be with me. And it's almost like a form of therapy, which I could relate to as well, because I think nutrition coaching is to a degree, even though we would never hold ourselves out as therapists. It's therapeutic. Yeah. You know, I said, well, like, who do you work with? She's like, you know, I work with a lot of older white males who work in corporate jobs where they're kind of the head of something and they have to be the boss. Mm. And what they want when they come to see me is they want to be items of desire. They want to be desired. So sometimes they want to dress up in feminine clothes or they want to be told what to do rather than doing the telling. You know, sometimes it comes from trauma and sometimes, you know, they want to reenact certain things or that's where their kinks come from. So I do that for them. And then, and of course she goes, it's always consensual. And, and sometimes that can remove the kink and then they're done with me Yeah, and that's good. And sometimes they're not. And it was really interesting to hear that perspective, but it almost the same message Yeah, that we have. I guess, received in all of our experience. So it's like there are some human themes, especially with struggle that are quite universal yeah. in the way that people express them or deal with them different. Mm-hmm. So what I'm hearing is coming in 2024, tactic BDSA. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be right? expensive. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, I was asking her like where she worked, like does she, so I was curious about the business too. Does she have her own dungeon? her word, not mine. Yeah. And she said, yeah. And she also travels a lot for her performing. Yeah. So she'll connect with other people who she'll rent space from. Yeah. And it's a lot of times like referral based. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I thought that that was very, a very interesting conversation. And I wish I could have stood there all day. Yeah. And then we saw her later and you saw her at the pool party later. She was giving her. Yeah. 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 Very, very, very interesting person. Yeah. I just thought that was the shared work in two very different areas yeah how interesting is that so anyways we're gonna wrap up part one because we're a little over an hour and there's a lot more to talk about and then part two we'll release next week and that will wrap up our experience talk about some of the other performances and then some themes that we pulled from the weekend and kind of more of a philosophical conversation about identity and community and how to be better human beings so Thank you for following along with us this weekend on Instagram. If you did, if you were there in person and we met you, we enjoy that so much. Almost everyone was like, I'm so sorry. Like, don't be sorry. We interact with people pretty much exclusively online, text, email, Instagram. So like getting to shake someone's hand or give them a hug and meet them like face to face is literally like the best experience for us. Yeah. So yeah, we need to apologize. All right. So that's going to be it for this one. Thank you for listening. And part two will be coming soon.